Well, listen, I'm excited about today. Not only do we have our Seoul Youth uh, team leading, and hey, there's a few more seats on this side. If you'd like to find seats, let's make room. But um, we, we also have two of our younger preachers who can tear it up. And uh, two guys who both have earned their bachelor's degree and a ministerial leadership degree from Lyft College. Uh, an accredited degree, and I'm so excited that they're going to be sharing today. It's called Battle Sunday. They're going to be going back and forth like battling preachers going back and forth, but but they're, but they're not on two different teams. It's just there are some things in our Bible that God is not either or. He's both and. And unless you get a revelation of just how important this idea is and this idea, you'll find God in the middle. Like he is not just the lion, but he is also the lamb. He's not just just and full of justice. He's also full of mercy. And so we have two topics like that today. And I want, I want you to go ahead and put your hands together and welcome Terrence and Pastor Jordy to the stage. And I know they're going to tear it up. So I'm going to give it to Terrence right now. Take it away, my friends. Sweet. Come on. If that was for Pastor Jordy and I, that was good enough. But can we give an even greater celebration to the man who is the reason why we gather here today? Can we give it up for Jesus? Hallelujah. And hey, I want to try something real quick. Can I, can I get everybody to throw a hand up in the air? Okay. Everybody put your hand down. Put your hand back up. Put it down. All right. Now y'all can't leave church and say you weren't moved by today's message. Okay. <laughs> All right, if you have your Bibles, you can follow me to Revelations chapter 1, Revelations chapter 1, verse 8. And the Bible says in Revelations chapter 1, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Let's pray. God, we're grateful. We're thankful for what you're doing in this moment. We, we thank you for how, how you've moved throughout Lift Church over the last 364 days, God. And we just thank you for all the work you've done in our ministry this year. God, we thank you for the lives that have been saved. We thank you for the families that have been restored. We thank you for the marriages that have been put back together, God. And we just ask that you would move one more time on the last Sunday of the year, God, that you would heal, that you would save, and that you would deliver again, God. And it's my hope and it's my prayer that none of us would walk out of here the same way that we walked in. It's in the matchless name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, hey, um, I've shared this before, and I'll share it again, and I'll share it as long as I'm in ministry, and I pray I get to do this until I'm old and gray, but I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up in church. My, my family, we would go to church from time to time, but we, we didn't go up going to church, and I gave my life to the Lord when I was 16 years old in the 11th grade, and I just fell in love with all things ministry. I just fell in love with the house of God. I fell in love with worship. I fell in love with, with creativity. I fell in love with people, but y'all want to know over the last eight and a half years, something that I've really fallen in love with when it comes to church. Something I've really fallen in love with is I, I love hype preachers. Like, I love hype preachers. I'm trying to, like, be like one of those hype preachers one day. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. But I love hype preachers. I'm talking about, like, the men and the women who have, like, sweat dripping down from their forehead while they're preaching. Come on. I'm talking about the people that, like, know how to turn a room on its head in 0.5 seconds. I'm talking about the preachers that by the time church is over, they have you feeling like you want to run through a brick wall for Jesus by the time you leave church. Come on. Those are the type of preachers that I love watching. And, and the preachers I like to watch, they always get on these long tangents, but then they always out of nowhere start 
start listing off all these names of God. They're like, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the, he's the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's the, the rosa share and the lion of the tribe of Judah, the great I am, king of kings, lord of lords. He's, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, it sounds good and it feels good, but, but what does that mean? Like, what does it mean for God to, to be Jehovah Rapha? Like, what does it mean for him to be Jehovah Nisi? Elohim, the El Shaddai, the, the Alpha, the Omega. What does it mean? And why is it important to us today? And that's what Pastor Jordy and I are, are here to do this morning, is to figure out what does it mean for God to be Alpha? What does it mean for, for God to be Omega? And to explain the importance of those two things in our lives today. So I, I want to make this as basic and as elementary as I possibly, possibly can. So, so what does it mean for God to be Alpha? It means he's first. What does it mean for God to be Omega? It means he's last. Alpha, he, he's at our beginning. Omega, he, he's at the end. Uh, if we were looking at a sentence, he, he's the first letter of the sentence, but he's also the period at the end. He, if we're at a race, he's, he's, the, he's at the starting line, but he's also at the finish line as well. I like to say it this way. He's the God that will help us write a new story, but he'll also close the book if it needs to be closed. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And something else I thought about in regards to God being Alpha, I, I thought about power. I, I thought about someone that could, could keep me safe. I thought about safety. I, I thought about someone that I would want to have on my side because they could protect me. So that leads me to my first point today. Uh, uh, why is God Alpha? And point number one today, Alpha means he's omnipotent. Alpha means he's omnipotent, not omnipotent. He's omnipotent. I shared that point with my girlfriend this past week, and I was like, hey, what do you think about this point? And she just started busting out laughing, and I was like, yo, I was like, I'm trying to be serious. Like, what's, what do you think about this? And she was like, well, we learned in Christian school you shouldn't say omnipotent. It's omnipotent. So all week long, I was like, God is omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotent. Alpha means he's omnipotent, not omnipotent. He's omnipotent, okay? So point number one, alpha means he's omnipotent. And the Bible says in Psalms chapter 77, verse 14, you are the God. God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. So, so what does it mean for God to be omnipotent? It means God's all-powerful. It, it means that, that nothing is, is impossible with God. It means that he's the God that, that reigns over the heavens and the earth. It means that he's able to heal. He's able to save. He's able to deliver. And y'all want to know what came to my mind when I thought about what it means for God to, to be omnipotent? It, it well, so what came to my mind, it, it was that if I need healing, I know that he's the God that, that by his stripes I can be healed. It, if I need provision, I know he's the God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. If we need light, he's the God that can be our light in darkness like Pastor Drew spoke on last week. If we need a way made, he's the God that can make ways out of no way. If, if we need sustenance, he's the God that can sustain us through every trial, situation, and circumstance that life might throw our way. And we see this power on display all throughout scripture. In Matthew, he walked on water. In, in Mark, he, he spoke to the winds and the waves and they obeyed at his command. In Luke, he, he healed the sick. In, in Mark, he, he, in Mark, he, uh, Oh, uh, and John, I'm sorry. In John, he turned water into wine and restored, restored a woman at a well. In Genesis, he, he spoke a word and the earth was set into motion. In Exodus, he, he parted the Red Sea. In Joshua, he caused the sun to stand still. And we even see this power on display all throughout scripture in various different texts. In Acts, Paul said, for in him we live and move and have our being. That's power. God said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's power. In Philippians, we see it. He said, I can do all things 
things through the money in my bank account that strengthens me. I can do all things through, through my job title that strengthens me. I can do all things through my family's last name that strengthens me. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Power, all things were created by God and for his pleasure. That's power. There's nothing too hard for God. That's power. With God, all things are possible. Power, he's alpha, the omnipotent, all-powerful God. And if God can do all of that without us, just imagine what he can do with you and just imagine what he can do in and through your life too. But here's what I discovered, is that we live in a society today that, that glorifies strength. And sometimes I, I think it's easy for us to forget that he's all-powerful and we're not. And, and I believe there's so many of us today walking around boasting in our own power. Look at what I survived. Look at what I built in 2023. Look at what I made it through. Look what I accomplished, not realizing that the word says that his power is made perfect in my weakness, not in my strength. And it's because of God's power that, that we don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. It's because of his power that, that we don't have to worry about the opinions of other people. And we can get to the point in our life where we allow the opinion of God to supersede every other opinion that's out there. It's because of God's power that, that we don't have to pretend that we're stronger than we actually are. So, so the next time you're, you're afraid or, or the next time you're doubting or the next time you're unsure in life, all, just remember all we have to do is to put our faith and to put our trust in Alpha, the omnipotent, all-powerful God. Yeah, come on. Can we give it up for Terrence right now? Come on, that, that man can speak. Yes, he can. He can speak very well. <laughs> hey, you guys ready for a word this morning? I, I'm excited for what God wants to speak. I'm excited to share. And uh, how many of you guys know we serve a big God? We serve a mighty God. We serve a powerful God. And, and today I'm excited to share how God is Alpha and Omega. And just like Terrence was saying, that can be hard to understand. Now, this is a deep topic that I think a lot of people don't normally talk about. What does that mean? God is the Alpha and Omega. And before I dive in this morning, I want to read this quote that says this. A God who is small enough to be understood isn't big enough to be worshipped. A God who is small enough to be understood isn't big enough to be worshipped. Can I tell you today, we serve a big God. He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. But why, why is God Omega? What does that mean? What, is that, what does that look like? And if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down today. God is omega because he's everlasting. He's everlasting. God is omega because he is eternal. He doesn't have an end. And I get it. That can be confusing, right? From a human standpoint, that can be hard for our, our minds to kind of wrap around. Because here's the thing. Everything has limits. Right? From a, a human point of view, Everything must eventually come to an end. There's only so far that something can go, right? The smartphone that you got for Christmas is eventually going to die. I'm sorry to say, it's going to die and you'll have to get a new one, right? The, the food that you bought at Walmart eventually is going to go bad and you'll have to get some more. The car that you drove in today to church, eventually, I hate to say it, it's going to break down one day and you'll have to buy another one. Even if you look in outer space, the stars, the planets, the galaxies, even those things eventually one day will come to an end. Even human life. 
even human life itself will one day come to an end. Because you see, from a human point of view, everything that is created must have an end. But here's the thing about God. God was not created. The Bible tells us that God was there before the beginning of the world. He didn't have a beginning. He is the beginning. And here's the thing. Because God was not created, it means that he won't have an end. He is the end. He is the omega, which means that he will be there at the end of the world. He lives forever. He reigns forever. He is a God who was, who is, and who will be. You see, God isn't confined by, by limits of space and time. God is so much bigger than that. He is bigger than anything we could possibly think or imagine. He will be at the end of all things. He's everlasting. And can I tell you today, that means he will rule forever. It means that he will have all power and authority forever. It means that he, his kingdom will never come to an end. Come on, I love how Terrence was talking about how God is uh, omnipotent. No, I'm kidding. It's omnipotent. <laughs> I love how he was talking about how God is unlimited in his power. Can I tell you today, that power will never end. Because he is everlasting. Psalm 145, 13 says this. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. Exodus 15, 18 also says this. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Can I tell you today that you serve a God who is everlasting. You serve a God who reigns forever. And can I tell you, that's good news. That is good news for you and I. Can I tell you why today? Can I tell you why that matters to you and I and why that's so important to us? Because I believe that we live in a world where things change in a moment. We live in a world where things come and go so fast. We live in a world where things don't last forever. What is normal today might not be normal tomorrow. You're healthy today, but then you get the doctor's diagnosis. You're financially stable today, but then you lose your job. You have peace one day, but anxiety the next. Your car works one day, but then it breaks down the next. Your marriage was healthy, and now it's not. And it's clear to see that we live in a world where things change so fast. It's clear to see that we live in a world where things don't last forever. Things are constantly shifting around us. And if I can be honest with you today, sometimes it's hard to find a firm footing when things are constantly changing around us. However, in a world where things change, in a world where things that, that don't last forever, we can rely on a God who is everlasting and who doesn't change. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand this today. We can rely on an everlasting God who stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, I want you to hear me this morning. What tells me this, the same God who parted the Red Sea is the same God who's with you right now. The same God who raised the dead to life is the same God who's with you in that doctor's office. Come on, the same God who, who fed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish is the same God who can provide for you and your family. Come on, I wanna, I wanna build your faith this morning. The same God who shut the mouths of lions 
is the same God who's protecting you through your trials. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you walked into church kind of feeling and going through, but I want to encourage you that there's a God who's next to you and his power will never run out. There's a God who's for you and his miracles will never stop. There's a God who's with you and his strong right hand will never grow weary. Whatever you're going through today, you can walk in confidence. You can walk in faith because there's a God who will never leave you or forsake you. Why? Because he's everlasting. He is everlasting. He will always be with you. Though I walk through the valley of shadow and death, I won't fear because you are with me. You know, even Jesus says, I will be with you until the very end of the age. You know why he says that? Because he will be there at the end of the age because he is everlasting. In the very worst of times, you can lean on his everlasting arms. You can rely on a God who isn't just the Alpha, but he's the Alpha and the Omega. Come on. Come on, isn't it, isn't it great knowing that our God's not just omnipotent, he's not just all-powerful, that he's not just everlasting, but he's also what leads me to my, to my second point today. Um, alpha means he's a creator. Alpha means he's a creator. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. And when I read that scripture, it, it brought this thought to my mind that, that I believe there's many of us who, who need to alleviate pressure from ourselves because I think there's so many of us who, who haven't started because we've been so caught up with trying to be perfect. And because we think we need to be perfect, you, you haven't started the small group. And because you think you need to be perfect, you, you haven't started your process to get baptized. And because we think we need to be perfect, you haven't started the business or you haven't started serving on the dream team or, or you haven't started the things that God has placed on your heart. But, but when I read the creation account, there were seven instances where God created something and the Bible says that God saw that it was good, not perfect, not mind-blowing, not over the top. The Bible says that God saw that it was good. So, so check this out. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 10. God called the dry ground land, and the water seas, and God saw that it was good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 12. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees. With seed-bearing fruit, their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was Good. Okay. Genesis chapter one. God set these lights in the sky to God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was. And I could keep going with 21, 25, and 31, but here's the encouragement. Be released from trying to be perfect. Be released from people's standards. Be released from trying to keep up with the Joneses and know that what you've got is good. And what I found is that many of us are under this mindset that God can't use us or do something with where we're at in life. But if I remember correctly, the earth started formless and without void. So now this is where I get to preach and try to be like the preachers I like so much. So you could be sitting in here right now drowning in debt, school loan, car loan, hospital payment, and mortgage bills. 
God said, I can start with that. You could have came to church this morning driving in a hoopty, your front bumpers hanging, got your window taped up with a trash bag, and your car could be chipping paint just like mine is, but God said, I can start with that. Come on, you could, everybody around you could have a house. Come on, your parents got a house, your cousins got a house, your aunts, your uncles, everybody you know has a house, and you want a house so bad, but it's still you, your three kids, and a dog living in a two-bedroom apartment. But God said, I could start with that. You could have just gotten out of a marriage, signed the divorce papers last week, and now you're sitting in here thinking that you're damaged goods and that nobody's ever going to love you again. But God says, I can start with that. I came to let somebody know that it doesn't matter the house you live in, the car you drive, the state of your marriage, or what's happened to you in this thing called life. God said, I'm alpha. I'm the God that can start with what you've got. God's not intimidated by a blank slate. God's not intimidated by formless and void beginnings. God's not intimidated from starting with nothing. He's alpha. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. Don't believe me? I know some people might think, oh, you're just trying to hype me up. You just want me to run through a brick wall when church is over. But listen, it's in the Bible. You think Moses just ended up becoming Moses? No. You you think David was just this man that became after God's own heart? No. You think Paul was birthed and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? No. God said, Moses, you got a stutter? I can start with that. God said, David, you were in a sheep pasture passed up by your dad? I can start with that. God said, Paul, formerly Saul, you were out killing, neglecting, and persecuting my people? I can start with that. We got to stop thinking that God can't use the messed up me, that God can't use the jacked up me, that God can't use the insecure me, that God can't use the can't stop smoking me. He's alpha. He's the God that can start with what we've got. Come with the heat. Man. <laughs> man, that, that was good. That was so good. <laughs> tell me, man, Terrence can bring it. He can he can bring it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, I love what Terrence was saying, though. Isn't it amazing that God can, can start with whatever you got? Like, whatever you bring him, he, he, just like Terrence said, he said, that's a good start. He's, he's the alpha because he's the all-powerful God that can start with what you got. But can I tell you today that he's not just the alpha. He is the alpha and the omega, which means this, that whatever he starts, he will always finish. Can I tell you today, just like Terrence mentioned, he's the alpha. He can start with whatever you got, but because he's the alpha and the omega, it means that whatever he starts, he will always finish. Come on, have you ever started something and then lost interest in it and never never finished it? Has anyone ever done that before? Can I be real with you today? For me, it's it's puzzles. It's, It's puzzles. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I'll start a puzzle... And I'll get like midway through, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Like, give me a little kid's puzzle that has like the the eight huge pieces. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I love those things. But when it gets to a huge puzzle, I'm fine starting it, but I can never finish it, right? And what about like board games? What about like Monopoly or like Catan? I know Terrence is a huge fan of Catan. Does anyone like Catan and like Monopoly in here? See, God bless you guys. God bless you guys. See, I'm fine, again, I'm fine starting those games, but when it's a game that's so long, I just lose interest, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't finish it. Like, I'm an Uno man, you know what I'm talking about? Like, give me a deck of Uno cards, that's what I love. And like, how many times do we start a TV show, and then we lose interest in it, and then we never finish it, right? 
And I think we live in a world where just because you start something doesn't mean that you'll finish it, right? That, that's, that's normal. That's, that's, that's a part of our society. That's, that's part of our culture. And here's the thing. I think sometimes we feel like God can do the same thing. Like just because God starts something doesn't mean that he'll actually finish it. Just because God makes a promise doesn't mean that he'll actually keep it. Just because God starts to do a work in my life doesn't mean that he'll continue and finish that work. But can I tell you today, that's not who God is. God does not start something and then lose interest in it. Because God is the Omega, it means that whatever he starts, he will always finish. If not, it would go against his character. It would go against who he is. Because he's Omega, it means that the promises he makes, he will keep. It means that the work that he started in you, he will finish. Philippians 1.6 says this, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Come on, what is this scripture saying? What does this verse mean? It's saying that God is working in your life and he will not stop until Jesus returns one day. It means that in your life, God will continue to move. He'll continue to speak. He'll continue to open doors and close doors. He'll continue to grow you and shape you. He'll continue to lead you and guide you. Come on, God does not begin something and then lose interest in it. He sees it through until it is completed. Come on, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God's working in your life. Come on, say that with confidence. God's working in your life. And if I can be honest with you today, I have gone through moments in my life I've gone through seasons in my life where I have been the lowest that I've ever been. I've gone through health issues where I've had to go to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. I've had death in my family. I've dealt with anxiety and fear. I've had pain and, and heartache. I've gone through things. And if I can be honest, in those seasons of my life, there have been moments where I've said, God, where are you? I thought you said you had a plan. I thought you said that you work all things together for those who love you. Where are you now? And in those moments, in those seasons, I've had to tell myself, I've had to tell my soul that he is the alpha and the omega, which means that if he started a work in my life, I know that he will continue to work in me. I know I don't see it right now, but I believe that he is the Alpha and Omega. And maybe you're in this place today and you're going through a season in your life where it doesn't look like God is working. You're going through a season. You're going through a tough circumstance and you feel like God has left you out to dry. You feel like God has abandoned you. You feel like God has lost interest in you. Maybe you're having trouble with your job. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you're dealing with infertility. Maybe you walked in today feeling anxious, depressed, dealing with comparison, suicidal thoughts. I don't know what you're going through today. 
Maybe today on December 31st, the last day of the year, you're looking back on this past year and you say, God, where were you? Because when I look back on this year, all I see is unanswered prayers. All I see is pain. All I see is heartache. God, where was the plan that you had for my life? Because I don't see you working right now. But can I encourage you this morning? God isn't done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. He is the omega, which means that if he started something in you, he will not stop until it is completed. He will not leave you or forsake you. And guess what? Don't just take it from me. Look at scripture. There's evidence in scripture that show that whenever God starts something, he'll continue and he'll finish it. Just look at Job, a man in scripture who lost everything. He lost his family, his possessions, his wealth, his reputation, his friends, literally everything. And clearly it looked like God left him. God abandoned him. God forgot about him. But God was not done with him yet. And if you keep on reading through Job's life, by the end of his life, God doubled his blessings and gave Job a full life. Look at Joseph, a man in the Old Testament who was sold into slavery by his brothers. Come on, you can't think it gets worse than that, but it does. After he was sold into slavery, he was then thrown into prison for a crime he never committed. Come on, if I was Joseph, I would have thought, God, where, where are you? What is this plan that you have for me? Because clearly you're not working right now. But God was not done with Joseph. He took Joseph from the prison cell and made him the second highest ruler in the land of Egypt. Come on, what am I trying to say here? Is that God will always finish what he starts. Come on, God is not done with you yet. I know it doesn't look good. I know it doesn't look great. I know it seems like God isn't working in your life, but can I, can I build your faith in this moment? Can I just encourage your faith in this moment? God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. When you were born into this world, he had a plan for you and he's gonna continue to work in your life. He will continue to speak in your life. So come on, we're gonna go into this song together. And if you guys can stand with me, I want us to sing this, that you're not done with me yet. I want you to sing this over your situation. I want you to sing this over your life. As you walk into 2024, we're gonna walk in confidence and we're gonna walk in faith today. Come on, let's sing.